0: Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Excited to kick off season seven, pumped to announce our new sponsorship and partnering up with Begin Again Toys. Make sure to stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com and beginagaintoys.com to check it all out. Any questions or comments, remember to please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. Do not forget to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network. Super awesome to have this guest on the podcast today. Thank you to our friend, Kasten Spethman for introducing us. As I get to speak with athlete, paddle racer, author, activist, and founder of Athlete Agenda, April Zilg, make sure to follow April on Instagram at April Zilg, that's A-P-R-I-L-Z-I-L-G, and stop by her website, April, aprilzilg.com, and members.theathleteagenda.com. Let's welcome April Zilg.
1: hear me?
0: I gotcha. Phenomenal. Can you hear me? I can. That's more important. Just as important. So (laughs) let me get a little level. Okay, cool. Awesome. Thank you for Uh, doing this.
1: No, thank you for I guess having me inviting me. Yeah. Filling me in on all the cool stuff you're
0: doing. (laughs) Ditto. I mean, we we met I'm by the way, I start I start recording immediately um we met (laughs) from our amazing awesome friend caston and um like like doing research on you research reading up on you i don't know that research whatever i want to call it um (laughs) you're I, i like you do so many different things to me like and have so many different paths that i guess you've done and are doing or uh i mean because do you do you have three degrees is that correct
1: um you know technically it, there's a yeah i have two bachelors um so it was just a double major technically yeah. right yeah, yeah, so yeah. um a post-baccalaureate certificate and a master's okay so,
0: but for you, you, you just like, destroy me. I in love my to learn. <laughs> no, I just love learning. I know. It's, it's it's actually it's kind of cool, um, because your degrees are in in biology, ecology, and and what was your your master's is in
1: just marine science. Marine si- okay, so yeah, but environmental it's, it's, education and yeah, no, Go it's on. just interesting
0: how then that got or to me in some weird way like the relationship between that and your, your paddle athleticism. And so, I mean, some like in terms of just water, in terms of like relationships to ocean and, and I don't know if there is like a literal relationship or if you even think about that, but it's, to me, it was just kind of cool to like think about like that relationship you might have with the water when you're doing the paddle sports and, and like, the relationship you had to it in the, in academia. And I love the fact that you hate academia. Even I, I can say that too. I'm a professor and I'm like, Oh my God, I love the students. I love the the teaching part, but like administrative stuff. It's just like, stop it, stop it. Let's just do the, the, the cool stuff with the students. But, um, I mean, do you ever think about that? Like, was, was there any relationship to you in regards to that?
1: No, it, you know, I mean, university, and the school system for better and worse certain teachers and professors you know they just want to get you through the system um but then there were a few out there that taught you how to learn and taught you how to think and for those very few that were out there i'm thankful um i think i like i said there there was never really like uh a correlation, if you will, like, cause you're the, Oh, you know, she was in Marine science. Now she's on the water all the time. I think I just wanted to live a life where I was outside and on the water 24 <laughs> seven. And I thought that I could do that and make a viable living in Marine science. But in actuality, I was doing things that didn't sit well with me, like murdering large quantities of animals and putting them in formaldehyde jars was not really my <laughs> My dream, right? right? And, um, nor was I outside. I was sitting at a desk. I was looking at a computer, and that wasn't what I was I signed up for. So because I had a few very good professors that taught me just how to learn, I was able to take what they gave me intellectually and say, "Hey, you know, I want to shift my career." I don't have to pay thousands of thousands of dollars to the man (laughs) to go back to school and get a degree uh, to be a professional paddle athlete and learn about the human body and mindset and nutrition. Like I can, the the internet is so vast these days with so many, like there's free resources, there's paid resources. Obviously you have to do your research into the quality of those resources, but for very little money um, I was able to get like a, I would say beyond a master's level education in physiology and nutrition and pretty much being an athlete and everything it takes. Um, I
0: I, I mean, the one it was physiology, but do you also I I, one of the things that said like, um, God, I can't remember, I probably should look at it. But I mean, is kinesiology and any component of what you do? I just say
1: biomechanics. It's just like good body position um, for paddling to prevent injury prevention. Turns out whether you're a paddler or you're a runner or you're a weightlifter or just a human. um, (laughs) I believe all humans are athletes, by the way. And all. Yeah. So
0: we can can speak that like I, I say that all the time. I think we're all creative and we're all physically active doesn't mean you have to be a professional athlete or a professional creative person, but doing both every day and eating right, you're going to live a healthy life.
1: Well, yeah, it builds the whole organism, right? We we are not like one thing. You can't be just an athlete or just an intellectual or just a creative or um, just a couch potato. You actually have to do all of the things at some point or another. Um, But yeah, biomechanics, I'm huge on in terms of like injury prevention cuz people get into a a hobby or a sport and they they want to move every day but if they're not balancing their push and pull musculature in every plane of motion that's what causes acute injury is actually when your push and your pull from left to right top to bottom front to back is out of balance you strengthen one side more than the other. You've seen like that guy that loves bench press at the gym. Um but he like he never does the opposing yep. motion. He's going to tweak something. He's going to pull something. His days doing his activity are are limited. So, yeah, I'm absolutely like I'm huge on biomechanics.
0: Well, and I this will be a little bit off what you're talking about. I but one of the things again I read that I th- again I th- Find really interesting, and I'm gonna probably quote this completely horribly, but it was something to the fact you said that you always thought your your athletic achievements were strengthened by your journaling, something to that hmm. effect, um, in your on your webpage, which again I'll I'll promote in our um, the 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 text of the uh, of the podcast, but and and that's something that we again talk about a lot is exercising the body exercising the mind and like that idea of you sitting down journaling to strengthen because i think it quiets the mind like i was a a baseball player for instance um i mean i played other sports but baseball i probably could have played college football to us was a quarterback and whatever but baseball i could have been drafted and and i know i got in my own way because i would think too much And I think that idea of, like, I don't know if you're journaling before or after or both before you go do your competitions or whatever. But that idea of, like, quieting the mind, like, you know, like, you now know how to paddleboard. Um, And that idea of, like, thinking too much while you're doing it, like, it tenses tenses up the muscles. Like, it just gets in our own way. And I, I know, like, in baseball, it's like... You can't take thinking about what's going to be the pitch. Just go up there and be a batter. Like, you know, let let your muscle memory take over. I mean, do, is that something you think about or is that part of – like what's your routine, I guess, is kind of what I'm asking.
1: <laughs> um, well, it's a I long will tell way to you, get there. <laughs> I no, I will tell you the routine. And I'm actually gonna tell you, I'm gonna go one step further because I'm a science nerd. I'm <laughs> gonna tell you the science behind that routine. And essentially, like, I'm gonna use really big words to say exactly <laughs> what you just said. Um, so when I first got into paddling, I was not an athlete, um, but I wanted to be really good just like you, I got in my own head about it. And every training session, I was fighting really hard to go a certain speed or uh, achieve a certain heart rate. I thought like getting my heart rate up high and keeping it high and working out harder um, was better. And that I would improve faster by doing that. And anytime that I was like in a race or like if I found myself in front, I was fleeing, like I'm running As fast as I can, looking behind me like, oh shit, I finally did it. Like (laughs) Oh my God, they're going to come get me. I was always fight or flight, which is your sympathetic nervous system. And when that is the case, you were, you're very tense. um, You're very tight and you don't free yourself up to just throw the ball, right? Like you're not, turns out that your body doesn't encode like the proper motions and the proper technique for your activity, when you're in that stressed out state, I'm going to take it one step further. Your body doesn't even take the energy from the food you're eating and build new body parts to make you better at it when you're in that state. So you eat food. We love food. I love food. Food <laughs> is so good. Um, we eat food. And we are when we're in that sympathetic state, that fight or flight for every training session, every race, every activity that we do, are body has identified a threat. And when we identify that threat, our brain goes, oh my God, all hands on deck, every calorie on deck. And it takes every calorie from the food you've eaten and generates energy to evade that threat. So you make ATP, but just so you can evade the threat, it goes 100% into escaping, to fighting, to flighting. However, If you're able to slow it down, and I didn't learn this until we're going to circle this back into journaling, um, until I started slowing down and setting my intention before my paddle workouts and after as well as races. So I started journaling to really set my intention for the session. And in doing so, I would go out, nose, breathe, and, and really focus on technique and deep parasympathetic breathing. So trying to make my craft for me uh, to have perfect technique and make my boat or board go as fast as possible while keeping my heart rate purely aerobic. And at that aerobic level, we can be in that rest and digest state. When that happens, the body goes, oh my goodness, (laughs) (laughs) wait, you know, this would be a lot easier. We got all this energy from all this awesome, yummy food. This would be a lot easier if for every beat of the heart, I was able to get more oxygen and more fuel to the working muscles and more waste away. So as long as you're not fighting or fleeing and using all your energy to do that, your body will take the energy from the food you eat and use it to build new body parts to make you a more efficient organism. So you will literally build out of the food, (laughs) new capillaries, to get more oxygen and more fuel to your working muscles. Once you're getting more oxygen and more fuel to your working muscles, your the muscles have more oxygen, more fuel. What are they gonna do with it? They increase mitochondria. Yep. The little powerhouses, high school biology, ATP <laughs> maker. You're actually, by training slower for, and in a parasympathetic state, you're actually enabling your body To extract more energy from the very food you eat and become more efficient, you cannot do that in a sympathetic state.
0: Um, Furthermore, I'm gonna have to get you in (laughs) touch with a dot. One of we work with a couple different doctors, and one of them deals with heart rate variability. Oh, I love that. I'll have to I'll have to like put you guys in touch. And he's actually in Virginia. You're in North Carolina, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so he's he's here now, or up at Virginia Commonwealth now. So Um, But another doctor, we work with a traumatic brain injury doctor as well. But um, I just it's to me that it's like above my pay grade, but I'm still like super fascinated by, first of all, everything you're saying, because like you're you're talking in in, in a way that I think most people can understand. Sometimes doctors speak in this language of like, oh, what? And I I guess I'm curious, sorry to interrupt, but like, I'm curious about how, how you think about the wearable devices. Like, do you, Hmm. do you have them? Do you wear them at all? Do you? Okay.
1: It's, it's really cool feedback because for me as a chronic overtrainer, it actually (laughs) did help me. It helped me slow down. I was able to back to the journaling too, though. I was able to start keeping track of my subjective measures, which is how am I feeling today? Like, how do I feel? Why do I feel this way? Um, A little science behind that, by the way. And I I also, I record that alongside the data from the wearables and I start looking for patterns and I can look back on my days and that way I can can see if I'm messing something up, if I'm doing something right, if I'm doing something wrong. Um, But when you sit down to journal and you... Write that down. There's a couple things going on scientifically that enhance your athleticism. So we've got the encoding where you take all the mess of the day. And by writing down the most important things from your day, it's almost like running the old defrag program on the PCs. Like you write it down and your eyeball seeing you write it down. Encodes it deeper into your brain for memory and recall later. So, if you're writing something about your training session that might be important in a race, you're going to remember it and recall it better because you wrote it down. Secondarily, you're actually slowing your brain waves down when you start to journal. And at that level, at that lower brain wave state, it's scientifically proven or not disproven yet that when you're in that, that lower brainwave state, but slightly aware, I think they're say the alpha waves. I can't, I can't keep my brainwaves straight, um, <laughs> nice. but there, there's some good ones in there. And at that certain level, you're actually better at like discerning incoming information in your body and parsing it out and processing it, which increases your intuition, So if that makes sense, you can intuit things because that's all intuition is, is taking data that's coming at you very quickly from from everything in your life and being able to make kind of a a decision in a flow state, like a quick, not too much thought needed uh, decision. And my goal as I guess a coach and um, the developer of athlete agenda planner, I want people to be better at athletic intuition knowing what kind of training workouts they should do and should not do. When when should they eat more food? When should they, uh, like, should they fast? Should they um, go for a long duration, slow distance uh, workout? Should they do a high intensity workout? Because everybody's just doesn't take time to think about what they need or feel what their body needs. And they're like, oh, I'm gonna follow this diet plan and I'm gonna follow this training plan. And there's all these plans and all this data and all this crap. Like, we're being sold that we need and you can save your money. You can do it yourself just by like writing in your journal for 15 minutes a day and clearing the way to develop better training intuition. So I love writing my heart rate variability down. Um, One of the biggest things that the the Garmin helped me with, in all honesty, was my daily calorie uh, numbers. So it's got the little sensor on the back, it like glows green. So it's tracking approximately my heart rate all day long. And so at the end of the day, it estimates through my workouts, through me like pulling weeds in the yard, whatever it is I'm doing, it estimates how many calories i burnt across the entire day. And I was not eating enough food. I cannot, like if it wasn't for this all day heart rate measurement, and it, the the caloric expenditure like estimation it gave me, I I would probably still be under eating. So it can be used for good.
0: No, it's it's. I actually um, I had um, Kristen Holmes on that is the VP of performance I think for Whoop, on here. Mm-hmm. And then again, we work with with Dr. Ron Garbo who um Has relationships with with dif- different wearable devices, and that, that's his specialty is heart rate variability. I guess my and you kind of touched on it. My only concern is the amount of data, and I think sometimes that is overwhelming for people. Like I've I've had friends that have worn wearable devices that it stressed them out more, knowing it's like why am I, why am I, why is my heart rate not, you know, like or elevated what or whatever, whatever. Be. You're Right, and it's like you're thinking too much, like, uh, you know, or this thing is stressing you out more than it should be. And so it's like, it is like, it's a give or take thing. And I, you know, you, again, like you touched on some stuff. I think it's, I always get concerned about things like that as a one size fits all and which none of us are. We all have different body types. We all have different blood types. We have whatever and finding what works for you. Like, but again, like you said, it's like knowing that you don't eat enough, like, I I for instance have fasted for like a year now, and predominantly I don't eat during the day, and I have like a four-hour window from like five o'clock to eight o'clock or four o'clock to eight o'clock, and that's when I eat. Now I'll ha- like I work out in the morning every day, whatever you know. Like I do high-intensity training one day, the next day I'll do a little bit more, you know, just cardio or wh- whatever. Like I change things up, and I'll have like a an energy drink with a banana like mixed up and um, like athletic greens is poured in there. So I'm getting vitamins, I'm getting that stuff, but there are days that I know that I'm weaker and I, I will have like a handful of nuts or some, you know, it's like, and, and like knowing those things that like listen to your body, it sounds stupid to say like kind of what you said, but, it but like, people don't listen to their body and they just, they stick to these things and like that could be part of the problem is your like, taking nutrition out of your body and not replacing it.
1: Yeah, I I actually get a lot of questions from people about training, sustainability, um, and motivation. Because I've been at this now for, I was a couch potato before, I, I kind of went down that. this path. And, and here I am now, um, you know, like, just and I work out usually twice a day, sometimes once a day, sometimes none a day, because I listen to my body, I have gotten to the point where I have developed a little bit of training intuition. I don't follow a hard plan anymore. Like today, I literally just got off the water. I was going to do some higher intensity pieces. Yesterday was my off day. I think I under eight could not go this morning. So I just did a one hour easy aerobic. I'm about to like fuel up like a football player and try again <laughs> tomorrow. So I'm, I'm, I have a hypothesis and that's that I grossly under yesterday because I, I was like engrossed in my computer all day, you know, catching up on work from being on the road from competitions about preparing for my next trip, uh, which I leave on Sunday for the London uh, world championships. And I'm like, ah, you know, run around like a crazy person. And I go out for my workout. I'm like, wow, I just, I feel like someone mopped the floor with me. Yep. And so I start thinking, why do I feel so crappy? It's like, Hmm, I sat at my computer all day yesterday, and I didn't really eat much. I bet I probably ate under 2000 calories. And for someone who normally eats between 3500 and 4000 a day, my body is like, nah, down
0: regulate, right? Well, I mean, is it also I mean, like, hydration, obviously, is a big thing. I mean, I think you're in North Carolina, I'm in Virginia, like the I get oh, envi- wow. environmentally, <laughs> like it's been 110 degrees with the heat index up here. And like, Yes, And even, even in, you know, I, I usually work out nine or 10 o'clock and, you know, mm-hmm. like yesterday I ran sprints, um, cause I prefer to run sprints than running like 10 miles. I just don't like running distances and it's just not my thing. And like, I'll ride my bike for that dis you know, like for 45 minutes or whatever to get that kind of cardio. But I, I prefer running those sprints and, and like, my God, when I was done, I was just like dripping and just like oh you know it's like yeah uh,
1: oh it's gnarly actually um we get our our stimulus for training in this kind of humidity is more akin to high altitude training because we're only getting so much oxygen per breath so was it tuesday i went out monday or tuesday i went out for my intervals and my heart rate was 10 beats per minute too high i had rolled out of bed. I had a big breakfast and coffee, didn't drink water before I went out. And literally I I had to pull back in. I drank a huge thing of water and went back out. My heart rate was 10 beats per minute lower because I hydrated. I was same effort, same speed, same everything. But on the way out, my heart rate was pinned in too high a zone because when you're dehydrated, your blood becomes more viscous and your heart has to beat faster to keep the same amount of nutrients getting and fueling your muscles. It's absolutely insane. Um, Well, I mean,
0: like you, you kind of mentioned that, you know, you were, you were a couch potato. And again, I read that in, I think your bio and like, what was the kind of stimulus for you to get into this? I mean, what was that, that, the the guttural, like, I want to do this. This is my thing.
1: It it wasn't really like this gung-ho thing. Uh, It was a health scare. And I realized that if I kept eating... Um, 99 cent red dye hot dogs, <laughs> DiGiorno, pizza, ramen noodles, and six packs of beer college every night. <laughs> yep. College food. If I stayed on that route, I was not going to l- live a, like a very long and full life. Um, And it's crazy to me how over the last 10 years, I just feel like my brain works better if I had been doing my undergraduate degree and my master's degree now, like I, I would have gotten way better grades on tests. Like my brain functions better because I move every day because like, you, you get the fluids, you know, pumping to your brain and all of that. Um, but I did not like running. So I try, I was like, Oh, I have to get a hobby, something in my life that makes me move every day and keeps me fit. And running was not it. Cycling also not it. Um, so I actually bought two of those big plastic roto-molded kayaks. And I, I used those for a bit before I found stand-up paddling.
0: Now you have lived, you're, you're originally from North Carolina, but you have lived on the West Coast. Do you find any like major difference from training out there? I mean, obviously Absolutely. I think the, the waters colder I th- I would assume there the waves are different. Um like do you prefer one to the other? Just out I of think,
1: So, I think people living on the West Coast, uh especially in Southern California, are at a like blatant advantage in terms of training. You don't ever have to check the weather. It's 75 and sunny, sunny like every single day. Yep. You just stick to your training plan. Here, I have to look at the heat index, I have to check for those afternoon thunderstorm popcorns that just appear out of nowhere (laughs) and even then they don't know the the weather people are getting worse and worse every year (laughs) (laughs) like like whatever models they were buying into these days that or the climate is just becoming so volatile they're like we don't know good luck don't get struck by lightning by the way this has a storm alert button on it wow (laughs) it's got a barometer and uh so it senses the pressure is that a new a
0: new uh yeah okay
1: and so it, if like the barometric pressure goes completely wonky, it starts beeping at me and says storm alert, storm alert. And if there's like a giant gray thing over me, I usually like either paddle really fast or like seek shelter because it's been pretty accurate so far. Um, yeah, I think people in very stable microclimates, like that, like their the, their weather is just consistent it's much easier for them to stick to a like a very precise training plan. Like every Tuesday is interval day, every Thursday is off day. It doesn't matter. Like whereas I have to move things around sometimes, um, and that's not always ideal.
0: No, 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 no. Like uh, I, I played baseball at Ohio State for. I didn't actually play. I got redshirted, then I quit school for a long time, and I always think that, and in in a lot of college sports south versus the north the south has a greater and and the west has a greater advantage because obviously it snows up in in the north and it's colder and blah 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 like we used to practice baseball indoors up until like february march where down south or out west they're outside playing games already and so it's it's there is like an advantage but i mean do you did you like it out there like in terms of Was there a difference in terms of, I mean, obviously the, the training in terms of the, the weather, but like, is the water different? Like, is it, is it, or is it just, you know, like, I'm, I'm,
1: no, okay. I liked the waves. I mean, I enjoy surfing a lot. So I did like having regular surf where I've landed here back in North Carolina. I'm not at the coast anymore. Um, I still make pretty regular trips down to Wilmington, um, but I'm three and a half hours inland. So I'm relegated to be like, I'm paddling on a flat water lake, right. which in all honesty, you know, there's, there's a pluses and minuses to everything. So in all the years that I've been training in coastal environments, wind is usually a factor uh, at some point during the day. Um, not so much with the morning workouts, but tide is always a factor. Yep. And so I never in my life knew how fast I could paddle one mile. (laughs) Everyone's like, what's your mile split? I'm like with or without tide, like side tide. Like I, I, I could find little tucks and little nooks and crannies to try to get an accurate ish measurement, but I never really knew. And now something that I do have every single day, I can go out in the morning before the wind comes up, it's flat, it's still, it's a lake, it's fresh water and I have my little heads up speed device, I know how fast I am going. I know my exact stroke rate. I know my exact heart rate and I know my exact pace. So for these last, um, two years, I've been able to train more like a runner runners trained by pace. And it's so much more accurate because it, it helps me take that perceived exertion kind of out of it. So really? I, like, I know what my aerobic pace is. I know what my pace is at my aerobic threshold, at my lactate threshold, and at my anaerobic threshold. So I know all of these paces and I can do my intervals very precisely. And yeah, my heart rate might be a little wonky because of the heat, uh, because I had too much coffee, because I love coffee. <laughs> um, like there's all these different things that it could alter heart rate. But I'm still ensuring that my body's getting the exact right stimulus I need for training.
0: The Abstract Athlete is sponsored by and in partnership with Begin Again Toys. Begin Again Toys is an eco-friendly and educational toy company focused on sustainable ways to explore and play with a goal to inspire children with stories of innovation, adventure, and good old-fashioned fun. For more information, visit And I want to get into the athletic agenda, like what you do with that, but I have one more question in regards to... Your, Like again, like you started doing this in 2014 or 16. I can't remember now. Uh, it was dates uh 2000,
1: yeah, yeah, 2011 was my oh, 2011, first that's what I meant.
0: paddleboard race, yeah. though. You're good, yeah. <laughs> like, but I didn't take it seriously until 2016. Um, you won, something. Yeah. that's what it was. And but, like, I mean, is the, it's been kind of a meteoric. I'm like, like you said, like, I think the first race, it it said you didn't even finish. I did not finish. And and then like, from then on, like, it feels like you've really kind of climbed this ladder very steadily. I don't want to call it meteoric rise, but like, like you're, you know, like you're winning races, like you're in, in world championship stuff. Like, like, how does that feel for you? Like, and again, like in terms of being a self-described couch potato to this world-class athlete now in 11 years. Like that's pretty incredible. Dude, I, I thought it <laughs> took a long time. Really? <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> well, it I is. A... That was I was like, I thought I honestly,
1: when I was like, I'm going to do this. And I started taking it seriously. I thought maybe like three to five years max, I'd be like the best in the world <laughs> or something. It's been like 11 years. I'm like, my God, I'm glad I didn't like put money on myself to like, but the body doesn't develop that fast. And it actually, it was really, I've learned about ego in the last decade. Um, I've learned how to uh, work around it. I've learned how to, you know, like remove it from the equation. I've learned to stay vigilant over it. Um, And I've learned patience. I was, I was definitely a product of this always on, always open 24 seven, just pop down to Walmart, you can get anything you need any time of night, society, this complete instant gratification. And there were so many times that I wanted to quit, because I wasn't seeing the results. I, I like I thought I should be seeing. But back to my journal. Why did I think I was going to see those results? you know is there a hole in my training is there something i can improve upon and the second you look at your performances and you say no i am i'm awesome and there's absolutely nothing i can improve upon i am phenomenal i'm doing everything i can and you're still not where you want to be then yeah you're done right so being completely honest with myself in the in that journal um and saying you know what well this year I didn't. I didn't really give this a shot, or you know, I skimped on this style of training. And what the big breakthrough for me ended up being was the aerobic base. That slow, easy, boring. You're just like, why am I? You feel like you're wasting your time while you're out there. Like you're going so slow and so easy. Like I start. I listen to audiobooks now just to pass the time because you feel like there should be some other high heart rate thing or work or you know like clean the house i don't know what like you just feel like there's other things that you should be doing that are way more important than tootling around on the lake aerobically but without that big base of capillaries and mitochondria you can only even handle so much anaerobic work so your sprints you can do more sprints with a bigger aerobic base because the the mitochondria actually slurp up the byproducts of anaerobic metabolism of the, the sprinting, right? So you can do more sprints for longer and recover faster with a bigger aerobic base. And it's just, that ended up being the thing that I had to sit down and write to myself. I was like, okay, I guess I never really did two years of slow, boring, dedicated base work. And so luckily, unluckily the pandemic happened. And I didn't have any competitions, So I had no reason to go high intensity. So I took two years to go back to step one. After seven years of paddling, I went all the way back to square one and started like I hadn't ever paddled before Isn't I started. I,
0: that's like super interesting, like to think about because I think a lot of people obviously none of us want the pandemic, like don't I'm not trying to say this, but yeah. I do think it shifted a lot of people's ways of thinking and doing. Um, and it did, I think, in a lot of ways, it did slow, and who knows if people take it back up, but I think it slowed people down in, in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I find it really interesting and in, and in how, like you said, it it kind of, it almost went back to the fundamentals for you in some weird mm-hmm. way. Like what, yeah. I, what's, I, and I, I could never find this in, in looking, but are there different lengths of races that are in your sport? Yeah. And do um, you do, like, what do you specialize in or do you specialize in all of them?
1: Goodness. I, I'm not specialized. Oh. These, I'm super like all over the place. Um, I love sprinting. I do. Uh, I look at weights. I grow a muscle i look at food i gain weight like that's <laughs> i am a power athlete by genetic uh giftage right so for me to most most stand up paddleboard races though are like 5 10 you know 18 miles like they're they're a pretty long distance thing and anything over 2 minutes is more reliant on aerobic metabolism than not There is the statement, so I was doing a ton of training, but most of it was more reliant on my fast twitch muscle fibers than my slow twitch oxidative muscle fibers. When you train at those higher intensities and you train with the fast twitch muscles, you train everything underneath as well. So like I had some aerobic development, but it was never specialized and it was always at too high an intensity, which releases cortisol, leads to burnout and leads to like overtraining syndrome, as well as, uh, yeah, relative energy deficiency. So like where you're not taking in enough energy to cover your expenditure. So, uh, I use those inside tracker, like blood tests. Cause I don't like doctors. I'm my own doctor now. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I get a blood test every six months from one of those online services and, the kind of nail in the coffin when I was like, I've, I've got to change something. I didn't have, I hardly had any white blood cells left. How scary is that? And then this is like pre pandemic. So thank God. Like I noticed that before it happened. I mean, if I had been like, you need white blood cells, like they're really important. Um, so I wasn't eating enough and I was training so hard all the time. My body was just like wrecked with cortisol. Um, Called like h p a axis dysfunction, my hormones were all out of whack, so yeah, it was it was a long road, but
0: but i think I mean, I think it speaks, to, and i I think I go through this personally, where i I know that I need to take breaks more often, and uh, but i'm just I'm so regimented in my routine i'm like I'm just routine oriented. And that's why I think I've been kind of like shifting a little bit of what I do physically and, and listening to my body more. Um, and, but I I think it's just part of who we are. Like, that's how I was, you know, like it's, it's my discipline and, and for right or wrong, it's just, you know, like. I, I was an athlete growing up. And so like, if I don't work out one day, I like, I get, a, Oh my God, I didn't work out yesterday. This is crazy. I got to double it up today. You know, it's like, that's stupid. Um, but it, it's just part of like, unfortunately I think who I am and it like, again, it goes back to what you were saying earlier about listening to yourself and, and kind of understanding yourself. And I, that's again why I think those wearable things are beneficial in that respect that they can tell you. It's like, nah, you need to like, not do something today because your body's telling you not to basically. And, but But it's just hard
1: as an over a type a personality, most of us that are athletes that like, we want to check the box. Like I've got my little training peaks app. And if my, like my calendar isn't all green with (laughs) compliant workouts, like there was, I I used to be like, Oh, I got to get off. the, I got to go do this workout. You're already in the wrong mindset. Yep. So if you are an athlete that is usually very self-driven and very self-motivated and like getting up and going and doing your activity is not a problem. When you lack motivation, when you feel tired, when you're having trouble rallying, that is your neurological system telling you something. It's like, hoo, hey, uh, hey, Ron, knock, knock, um, chill Like it's, it, that is your body talking to you. And we do not listen. Uh, I was not a good listener. I'm a much better (laughs) listener. Now I have my mailbox is actually up at the top of a little hill and that's my test on any given day. So some days I walk to the mailbox and I I feel like, like Tigger, like I'm bouncing up the hill. I'm like, yeah, man, I feel amazing. I'm going to get right to that mailbox. And like your heart rate, it just, it feels like you're floating to the mailbox. Other days I'm halfway up that dang hill and I'm like, oh, oh my God. Yep. I cannot know. Uh, so like, if I cannot get to the mailbox without feeling like I'm dying, um, that's my neurological system telling me it taken off day lady, yep. rest, eat, <laughs> uh, put your feet up, read a book, um, you know, piddle in the garden, do something else and eat you know, eat food, uh, you need to recover, you need to to regenerate. So uh, I think I, I fell off my train of thought earlier, because a lot of people do ask me about motivation, training, sustainability. Number one is energy intake, eating enough to, um, to fuel your efforts. B is training more at that low intensity than that high. It should training should be polarized in a ratio about 80 to 20. So 80-20 principle applies to our training. 80% needs to be below that aerobic threshold. Aerobic threshold is 180 minus your age. That's your target heart rate. And most people are like, oh, I can't even walk at that heart rate. That means you really have a lot of work to do. Good news. Good news. You have something to work on that's like gonna make a huge difference. Most of the diseases that people like in our society, it's all related back. Cause everybody's like, Oh, what causes this? What causes this? And they're like, Oh, you know, it's genetic or right? it's this no, it's mitochondrial dysfunction. What are people doing more than ever sitting on their butts? The, and when they are training, they're doing only high intensity training. They're not parasympathetic state. They are not increasing their mitochondrial density. They're not doing the slow, boring work and utilizing the in, in eating enough surplus to build new mitochondria and to create a more efficient organism that can resist disease. Mitochondrial dysfunction is at the, the heart of, of heart disease, cancer, uh, diabetes, everything comes back to mitochondrial dysfunction.
0: I, no, I, I again, I've I, the, I it's cool because I've I've heard this from from my buddy Dr. Garbo and so it's just it's cool to like again like you just start connecting these dots and like really like it's just important for people to hear this shit like it just is like because I, I think we do get fed no pun intended like some crap and mm-hmm. you know um, and, and it just it's I don't know I it's that this will lead me into my like question about like so you started the athletic my or agenda, sorry, the athletic agenda, or athlete agenda, in yeah. um, this year, as a matter of fact. Yes. Um So, what a what do like I want people to know what you do with it. What do you hope to accomplish with it since it's it is kind of new? Did you kind of start this out of COVID, like, wh- or was this something that's been building up before that? Um, and so like, I, you know, I think it's like really cool. Cause again, like reading about what you're doing, kind of what I think you want to do. It's, it's really kind of uplifting stuff. And and again, like, I think there's an overlap in how we talk and think and stuff. So again, I'm kind of like personally connected to this, this idea.
1: Yeah. Athlete agenda was something, it was not necessarily born of COVID it was something that i always i wanted to do before that because journaling was helping me so much in my training pursuits i always wanted to make a a daily planner that was just for athletes because another thing i get a lot from people is like they struggle to prioritize their daily athletic practice like i know i love your books we're I gonna,
0: i'll send you one <laughs> when when we're done Oh, yeah. I have a whole dude.
1: Good. I, I, though you're what you're doing there, we will totally get into that too. (laughs) Is it's such a good way to practice getting into a flow state as an athlete when your neurological system is telling you you need a break, but you still want to train in some way? You can train journaling, coloring, like doing something. Um, yeah. Something parasympathetic get training those brainwaves to come down a notch and opening the space for our brains to take all the information that we have been inundated with all day from our devices, from, um, training plans, from the things we've read on the internet. We need to take from it what is good and what we don't need and what serves us and what doesn't and what works for us and what doesn't, um, You should listen to what everybody has to say. You should look at all the training plans. You should look at all the nutrition plans. You should, oh yeah, read about fasting, read about not. But then you should write in your journal how it makes you feel. And then you should color or knit or do something with your hands that frees your mind. You know what I mean? Like, it it doesn't require you to think. Um, So for me, I'm building like a sauna and, you know, I I have paints downstairs. So I do things that utilize my hands and require just enough focus that I can't think about other things. But that's where it's, that's essentially meditation, right? Like that's where great ideas happen and epiphanies about my training, what I need to do come out. And that was my goal with the athlete agenda. My agenda is A, for people to prioritize their daily athletic practice, right? And even if that just starts with writing about it, writing about what you want to do for 15 minutes a day in the journal, the same discipline that it takes you to sit down and write in the, the journal is going to be the discipline that you use to move every day. So you, it doesn't matter where you start. You can start with just writing. You don't have to move yet. Nope. Making space and taking that time every day for your practice, for being an athlete is is huge. And starting to get in that brainwave state, that parasympathetic state that I'm going to slow down, your intuition's going to talk to you when you do that. It's going to say, yeah, you've been, you've been writing in this journal for a week now you know, this feels good. And I think it's time to add a 15 minute walk. So before you know it, you'll be journaling for 15 minutes and walking for 15 minutes. Like then that's literally all it takes. Yes. That's what I was doing 11 years ago. You, like people can get to this level with, and it, it can't feel like work. I know that, that that's the other caveat. You can't dread picking up your abstract athlete coloring book. You can't dread picking up your athlete agenda journal. You can't pick it up and feel like it's work because then you're in a sympathetic state. Your brain waves are all wrong. It has to be something you love and you look forward to and you're feeling joy.
0: That's I I say that to my students all the time because I, I've started a class, two classes, actually sort of a program at Virginia Commonwealth University where I teach that kind of mirrors the abstract athlete. And so I work with a lot of student athletes and I think they like it because, you know, I was a student athlete. I understand kind of the struggle and and how difficult it is for a student athlete to be in school. But it's that idea, you know, like I always get the, well, I don't even know how to draw a stick figure. I I didn't say you had to draw a stick figure. Like, what do you like, what do you like to do creatively? It can be writing music. It could be poetry. It could be dancing, drawing, painting. I just think most people, when they hear creativity, they go immediately to painting or drawing. And it's like, no, it's like being doing a podcast is creative. Because Mm -hmm. like, there's that interaction. It's a it's like a blues song. It's call and response. And absolutely, I've had students bring like instruments to class
1: cooking. Cooking. I have students
0: cook all the time.
1: Cooking is one of my favorite creative outlets. Because I, I like, I don't follow recipes. No, my favorite thing to do because it's so much—it's so easy. I open the refrigerator. I see my canvas, like my my, exactly my I guess my paint colors, right? Yep. Like I see the ingredients, yep. and I go, mm, "Those two flavors will go good together." Absolutely. Those two colors, I I almost pick opposites on the color wheel. I used, I used like, to play a oh, game with the
0: purple with the orange. I used to play a game with a, an ex girlfriend of mine, and we would just like come up with different things and go ooh, that would match good with this. That would, you know, and then, then mm-hmm. we would make it or she would make it or I would make it and whatever. And it was just this idea of like, you know, you have like a radish. Well, what would that mix with like in the a dull sweet thing? Because a radish is kind of dull and tangy. But, it, and it's like, it's a blast. And, and again, like that idea of you disappear for like two hours. Like I've had students come up to me and it's like, I was sitting in there painting last night and then it was two hours later and I just look at him and I go, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like, that's it. You win. You know, you hit you're it. You're
1: in like, the yep. state. you got your brainwaves where they needed to be. And the awesome thing about neuroplasticity is that you do that once it's easier to do it again yep. and again and again and again. And then as an athlete, you're more likely that pathway yep. is now so well-worn that when you need to be in the flow state in a race, you are more likely to be there. You're more likely to just throw the ball and not be in your own head about it. Yep.
0: Oh, yeah. I wish I had this back when I oh, was, me too. I mean, I really do because I just know I got in my own way and it's, it's a horrible thing to say. And, but it you know, it just is what it is. I think we are now becoming more and more aware of these things. Uh, you know, like I I love the fact that you know, professional athletes and, and veterans that we work with. But, you know, they they're talking about mental health and wellness. And and, you know, it's back when I was an athlete and, and whatever, it's like you couldn't talk about this. Like, I mean, I, I've said this on the podcast before, but like I was an artist. But like it was almost I did it in private. I remember like I took an art class in high school because the art teacher asked me to be in this. It was the first ever uh, computer art class we had in high school. And I'm, I walk in, it was all the art student I'm doing, using the air quotes, all the art students. And then this athlete guy walks in and they're all looking at me like, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and, and I think it's just getting better and better that we do. First of all, we talk about these things. Second of all, we're doing these things and understanding the benefits of them. Cause at the end of the oh. day, that's what we want. We want the benefits of like how it helps us as humans.
1: Yes, it's optimizing performance, opti- like mastering the human experience. Life is short, right? Like if, if there's no time for these labels and these mm-hmm. compartments. Oh, I'm uh, I'm an athlete. Oh. only. Well, I can only do athlete things. I'm an artist. And furthermore, there's that whole like school of thought, these people, like the four hour work week people, and they're like, oh, you got to outsource everything, you got to stick to your core competency, you can only do the thing that you do that makes you the most money. And I'm like, that sounds like a really horrible life. No (laughs) I will change like, like, I'm going to rotate my tires, change my oil um, because I want to stop what the heck I'm doing for like a few minutes. Like I'm going to go weed my garden. I'm going to walk my dog. That was the most recent one. There was like this list on Pinterest or something like things that you can hire out and outsource so you have more time to make money. I'm like, my God, I like, no, I don't want no more money. I'm going to keep living more minimalistically like too. So that's another thing. I think like the journaling and the coloring, like. That's not a high dollar, like, way to spend your time. And it is so much more rewarding. You, and you you realize that you want to do these things. Like, I want to weed my own garden, again, because I'm using my hands. Um, I'm just focused enough. And my brain can kind of wander and have new thoughts, condensed thoughts, uh, organize the Run that defrag program. I'm. I'm gonna walk my dog. I love my
0: dog. I want to spend time oh, with my dog. I, I don't want to hire a dog walker. I. I my, my dog is the only thing on this planet that I love. No, I'm just kidding. But, Dude. but Dude, it's I like know. true. Like my dog, I like. That is the top of the food chain for me. And, I have.
1: I make my dogs so. Back to the cooking. I actually save all my dog safe food scraps, and I make her she's a 13 year old boxer which is like unheard of she gets all her own food homemade so i fill a big uh pot on the stove i fill it with mostly vegetable scraps a little bit of lean protein rice or barley peanuts blueberries and then i boil it and i blend it into a mush it is disgusting smells like crap she loves it um and she's crushing it at 13 years old she swims she plays ball i mean she's definitely slowing down but that's the hard
0: part mine's mine's like 11 now and yeah it's she's definitely slowing she's a border collie bugle she's been 30 pounds since the day i had her she's never gained weight wow and she's still like she's still very hyper if there's a squirrel Mm -hmm. Like she'll, she'll jump to my house anytime. I hate squirrels. I I need a squirrel dog. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I, I wish, so I have a backyard back here. And I was like, when I bought this house, I was like, so happy, like, oh, she can run around and she jumps the fence, like without even touching, like, it's actually really cool to watch. It's like a gazelle. Like, it's amazing, but it's like, I don't want her like six houses down in other people's yards and blah, blah, blah. But it's, I don't know. But I still like, she's I drive out West at least once a year because I just love the, you know, I'm a painter by nature. i I do a lot of photography for fun as well, but I just, and my business partner lives in Colorado, but she's, she's probably traveled a hundred thousand miles. I mean, in, in her life. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. My dog, we've gone across the country in my creepy van four <laughs> times. She's so well traveled. Yep. Everybody's always like, You know, they suspect I like my, I love my dog more than my husband. They're like, well, okay, if they were both hanging off a cliff, who would you save? And I said, well, obviously the dog, because the dog can't do a pull-up. If my man can't do a pull-up, he deserves to fall anyway. You should be able to do a pull-up. I know.
0: Question answered. I <laughs> yeah. respect dog, that answer. I respect
1: can't it. do a pull-up. Yeah. She just nope. physically can't. Nope. It's nothing personal. Nope. The human can physically do a pull-up yep. and he yep. can handle himself. Yep.
0: <laughs> well, I, you know, look, I, I, this is a weird question. I asked kind of this question to a lot of people, but for me, like asking this question seems, because I think you're, you're very malleable and you like move with different things. And I think you experience different things, but what's kind of like, again, you just started this, uh, this athlete agenda and you're obviously still a competitive athlete, but like, what's, what's like a 10 year like plan for you? Or do you have one? Do you like think out like that? I yes sort of. um the athlete agenda is evolving. I don't
1: think it's going to be it I, my business is still me. Like I'm I'm an athlete. I I do a lot of like endorsements and sponsorships in exchange uh for me still being on tour and going around and competing at a very high level. As I phase out of that, I definitely want to have more resources to help other humans discover their inner athlete. It, even if it's just slightly quicker than i was able to um my agenda includes a lot of not mainstream performance enhancing things so i don't personally i don't buy things that come in plastic so there's a lot of chemicals in plastics that your food might come in or uh, that you might use as an athlete not thinking that can actually build up in your body and harm your performance. Uh, not to mention, those are really bad for the environment. I keep my thermostat set on like seventy nine, eighty. Most days, I'm sitting here sweating my, my butt off yep. um, at my office. Like, I'll just sit in my bikini and type all day. <laughs> but you know, because keeping your thermostat at seventy seventy two, a is horrible nope. for the environment. B As an athlete, you're not doing yourself a service by not becoming slightly acclimatized to hot in the summer and cold in the winter. So it's pretty cold in my house in the winter. It's pretty hot in the summer. That way, when I go outside or I go do a race or I'm I'm doing a workout, it's not as big uh, a gradient. And I notice now, like going in and out of stores, like on the day I do errands, that frigid cold of the South to hot in yeah. the parking lot. I almost feel sick at the end of the day. I know. I know that, that. Like,
0: hot, cold, hot, cold. I have my thermostat at 78 in the summer. And and I agree. Like, I think though, you know, like I take, I soak a lot, uh, Epsom salts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use like peppermint a lot with that. And so it's like, yep. I literally get out of the thing shivering, which is like, and then so like, I did you know, I just did that before and I'm like, I can still feel it on me. And, and, but I, I agree like that. Becoming acclimated to where Mm -hmm. we are is like, I think really important. And and God, you know, the climate is changing people. Um, Like it's going to get hotter and hotter. Like we're getting like more and more dramatic weather. Like, uh, you know, I got caught in a um, best way I can describe it as a land hurricane in December last year in the middle of Kansas. 100 mile an hour winds I was like the irony like I don't eat fast food I haven't eaten fast food for like 20 30 years at this point I mean I'll have french fries every once in a while okay but but I was stuck in a McDonald's parking lot because they closed down route 70 and I was just sitting there mm-hmm. and I'm thinking to myself like jokingly thinking to myself well this would be a horrible way to die first of all I'm in a McDonald's parking lot yeah. and it's just like but it's just like you know, I, I like the way that you're, you're talking about not just like for yourself, but like environmentally sustainability and because it's, it's my yeah.
1: athlete agenda, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, so I have an agenda as, yeah. as a human and as an athlete, and it is like, I do want, I want people to even work less, right? Yeah. Like, I think our economy has, has become so reliant on hyper productivity to the point that we're not even that productive anymore. Um, And this, that always on go, go, go lifestyle. I want the economy. It it collapsed a little bit. Let's stay down here. Um, It doesn't need to go back up to that other level, work a half day, Take the other day to color in your abstract athlete yep. and write in your athlete agenda and go for a walk with your dog and you know lift your husband up off the cliff. Take the time for you. Like, why do we have to work eight hours? Why do we not? I don't see the benefit in working more again for more money. Like I, well, what... Look
0: at look at how Europeans live. I think unfortunately mm-hmm. they're they're becoming more like us. But the they're fighting you know, it though. I think they are. No, and it, I agree. Like they, you know, like they, they go to like two three hour lunches in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. They, you know, go then drink coffee. Then they'll go back to work. And they just, they, first of all, they seem happier, and and I think they are happier. Like I lived in Paris for like four months and have friends over over there, and they just, it. I agree. Like I think we. The stress we put on our bodies through the stress that we intake, Mm -hmm. it's so damaging. Like, it's just unbelievable. When you're
1: an athlete, you see it. Yep. Real, like you, you realize it more when you prioritize your athletic practice too. Yep. So you start keeping a, a detailed training journal, like the athlete agenda about your workouts. And you're like, Hey, you know, I feel really crappy today. You start looking back in the last few days, you look at, you know, Oh, I didn't have time to eat. Cause I had to be at this meeting and I had to work and my boss needed this. And my, my husband needed this and everybody needs this. Okay. Everybody needs from you all day. When do you give you what you need?
0: Yep.
1: And like, again, life is short, man. It's too short to not take the time to enjoy it and and do the things that you love to do yep. even if you suck at them right like I, I garden and i kill a lot of stuff but it makes me happy i just started i'm it. not a
0: photographer but i love it and I, I i and i started an instagram photography page i mean i'm an artist so i'm i'm a creative person i see things like i and i bought a, a really good lens last year and I'm addicted to going to, we, we actually own property. I think I told you this last time we talked, we own property in Montana with the idea of starting an artist athlete residency out there eventually. And so we're near Yellowstone and I'm addicted to going Yellowstone and watching wolves, like and photographing wolves. And just a couple weeks ago I was in Yellowstone and the day before I'd photographed a bunch of wolves. Like, and it's like, again, I just get jazzed up by that. But then the next day I went out hoping I'd see them again And I'm in a field by myself in the middle of Yellowstone. You know, there's other people around in different areas, but I'm like in this field. And all of a sudden the wolves started howling. And I just got goosebumps. Like, I was just like, wow. Like, you know, most people don't get to experience that. And that's the way that I look at life. Like you said, life is short. And I want to experience things and like enjoy things. And like that experience to me was just like, I mean, there's maybe... 200 people out in the general vicinity of me but like how many people get to hear or see this? Exactly. And it was just like that's creative to me. You know, yeah. that's not like doing something but it's the intake of it.
1: It's living. It's, yep. it's experience. And and that that is my 10-year plan is, is to get more people feeling that it it and it's not monetary which i don't know how i'm gonna pull this off right like i gotta figure out like i don't i i just want more people slowing down that is my that is my agenda my agenda is not to further my status in society or to be better, or I have a bigger house or more anything than anyone. I, I'm trying to display as a professional athlete, I guess, like, Hey, here, this is how I live. You know, maybe I I do my own vehicle work. I do my own blood work. Uh, you know, I keep an eye on my health so that I don't have large medical bills later on. I, I get to the bottom of things by myself. I don't, no one else, even doctors, you get that 15 minute minute slot, man. They are seeing so many patients every day. There's not one you could find that cares about you as much as you care about nope. you in anything, nope. right? And the same with my dog, you know, like the, the vet, as kind as, as they are, there's no way that the veterinarian cares as much about my dog nope. as I do. So nope. it's my duty self-reliance, self-responsibility. Like I have to account for, for my own life. Like I want to uh, build a sauna because it helps with athletic, um, recovery. Right. I do cold plunges.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, but yeah, there's like a whole other thing about that, but (laughs) I I want to, I'm going to do a cold plunge next to my, my sauna that I'm building. I'm building a sauna from the ground up, out of like recycled materials and whatever I can find. I have to buy very little. Yeah, sure. You know, I could try to make a ton of money and buy a sauna or I could just carve out two hours every few days and build it myself. I'm learning something. I'm doing that like a coloring book, right? Like I'm I'm getting a tactile response where I'm just kind of doing something that I don't have to think too hard about. Um, and it helps me clear my mind. It's a It's a joyous activity to me. So everything I do, I don't want to outsource anything. I want to spend less money, but I want to have more, uh, and have more experiences in my pursuit of having more. And that's how I can actually afford a like professional female athlete. I don't like, we ain't making a lot of money, like, especially you put female in front of that word athlete and it's California just two years ago, finally made a law where it was required by California state law that the women's prize purse was equal to the men's. Yep.
0: Well, and the w- U S women's national team, soccer team, like they, they just got equal pay. Finally, like what, two months ago or whatever. Yeah. No. It's, <laughs> and they're actually, and I don't mean any offense to the men's team, but the women's team is more popular than the men's mm-hmm. and they're actually, yeah. they, they're obviously better. Like in horse historically, like hopefully the men are getting better, but, um, but it is like, it is like, it's, it's an uphill battle. And, and it's it's silly that it's an uphill battle still. It is. Um, you know, we're trying, yeah, we're trying to change need... the world, April. That's what we're trying to do. Yes.
1: But <laughs> the, my point being, I don't need a pay increase, yep. right? Like, I just need my time.
0: Yep. But I really thank you for, you know, for doing this. And thank you, Kasten. We'll give you a plug um, for putting us together. Um, because I, I do think that there's a complete overlap in a lot of the stuff we're doing i i do look forward to like us having a continued um discussion um one one last thing i always ask people is because i always um add music to each episode uh is what kind of music do you like i love all music okay cool that's all i need to know <laughs> all right love well we'll we'll obviously we're going to stay in touch i'll send you um, this will probably be a couple weeks. I just started recording for here for for this season. So, um, and I'll send you uh, images and video snippets to uh, share on social media. Cool. All right, have an awesome day. Thank you so much for doing this. All right, Doug, no,
1: thank you so much for having me on. We'll okay, see ya.
0: Bye. Bye. Such a blast talking with April today. Uh, Really glad she had time to come on. I mean, she has so much energy. She's so inspiring to listen to. Uh, Excited about The Athlete Agenda and really all that it has in store. Looking forward to hopefully collaborating in the future. Again, make sure to follow April on Instagram at April Zilg. that's A-P-R-I-L-Z-I-L-G and stop by her websites, aprilzilg.com and members.theathleteagenda.com. Make sure again to stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com and Begin Again Toys, our new sponsor and partner for new product. Also a reminder to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. We will see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.